Hello and welcome to Talk to Me. I'm your host, Max Ernst. And I'm Katie Ernst. And this is episode two of Talk to Me. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I don't know. I expected Max something else. Me, Max looked at me like I'm supposed to say something and he didn't tell me I was supposed to say anything there. No, there's actually nothing on the script for, <laughs> for filling this in. So I was like, I have nothing here. Anyway, our next segment is our product spotlight. Um, last week we did a skill. This, this week we're going to do a product. And the specific product we're talking about doesn't technically exist yet. It is the <laughs> rumored uh, Facebook display. Do you want to explain more, Katie? Yeah. So we were just thinking that, um, well, there, there's been, there've been a number of articles recently. I'm trying to pull one up on my laptop right now, um, about the rumored Facebook display. Um, I guess, uh, one that stuck out to me was on voicebot.ai. There was an article called is now the right time for Facebook to launch a smart display. And so basically it's been rumored for a long time that Facebook is going to launch something that's like the echo show, but a Facebook product, obviously something to where basically there's a display that you can set up in your kitchen, for instance, while you're cooking and you can be scrolling through Facebook um, visually and through voice rather than having to touch anything, which I've never entirely understood how that would work anyway, because I, I don't really, I mean, I guess you could like say Facebook scroll. Yeah. I mean, I guess you would say, you know, scroll Facebook and then it would scroll and then you'd be like, stop. And then you'd be like, you know, comment on so-and-so's post and then you would like say comment such and such and then say enter or something I don't it, it seems very convoluted it seems like there are some things that work better on your phone and then there are some things that work better for voice and we're going to talk about that in a little bit too but like I, I I to me it seems very complicated to do it via Facebook display but regardless um or voice display but regardless um, the big question is, is, is right, is now the right time for this? Because people don't, don't trust Facebook right now. And there's a lot of data that shows that, you know, Facebook's trust ratings have just dropped dramatically recently. And yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's a good time. I mean, personally, what do you think, Max? Well, to a certain extent, I think just, I don't feel like there's any good time for Facebook to get into this market. So to me, this this Facebook display smacks a lot of like the Facebook phone, which was everyone knows was like a huge raging success. Everyone has Facebook phones now, um, <laughs> right? No one you know has a Facebook phone. <laughs> no one you know probably ever got a Facebook phone. Um, to be honest, so, I didn't know there was a Facebook phone until Max brought this up. But go on. Yeah, no. So Facebook had a phone, and you know they wanted to jump on the iPhone Android bandwagon, and obviously. Amazon also had a phone, still has a phone, I think. No, I don't think they did. I think they, they gave up on it. But that's the point. It's like they had a phone, and then they gave up on it, and that, and then they came out with the Echo, and that was a huge success. Right. Um, but they tried to get into the market basically well after you know Android and iOS were the main movers in the marketplace. And Facebook is sort of in the same position again where Google's out there, Amazon's out there. Um, other things are out there. Samsung and Siri are all out there. And so what you're offering is a device that's very tied into Facebook specifically and that would have other functionality, presumably. I mean, they also own Instagram and WhatsApp. But, but still, what I, mean, is I, the... already, I already complain about the Echo Show where it cost how much? Like $150 or something? And, or I think that's... I think that was on sale. sale. And... Um, and 
it does very little, you know, like beyond what an Echo can do. Yes, it has a screen, but and basically the only thing that the screen allows for is for you to watch Amazon Prime movies. Obviously, it used to have, um, what do you call it, uh, YouTube, and it doesn't have that anymore. But why doesn't it have Netflix? I mean, there's there's so much that it doesn't have. So first of all, yeah, there's the there, there's the aspect of if you're going to have the Facebook display, it needs to do a hell, heck of a lot more than just have Facebook because that's a lame thing to spend a bunch of money on to just be able to, to talk to Facebook or something. Who wants to do that? But then it, it's still more the issue of people don't trust Facebook right now. I have a lot of friends because of the whole issue of uh, Alexa, like laughing at you randomly that are saying like, oh, like I'm turning off my Alexa device or I don't like it. I, I don't feel comfortable with it. And people really, really don't feel comfortable with Facebook. There was an entire reply all episode, which is a great podcast. If you, you clearly you should turn us off and start listening to them because they're much better. But they had an entire episode about people. Max is shaking his head. No, but let's be honest. It's true. Um, but they had an entire episode about um, people who are convinced that Facebook through their microphone is listening in on their conversations and using that data to give them ads, which in and of itself is ridiculous because if you understand how much like pure audio Facebook would have to take in to listen to every person's conversation, what they'd have to do to crunch that, what it would be an absurd thing. Like they can get so much data that you're giving to them easily via text that they wouldn't do that. But the point is, is people are already very paranoid about what's happening with Facebook potentially listening to them. And now Facebook would want to announce like, hey, put this actual listening device into your home. I mean, it's going to freak people out. People are mad at Facebook. I, right. just, I just don't think it's a good move for them. Right. Well, and uh, in this article from VoiceBot, there's a chart about people's trust in companies. And Amazon has extremely high trust across the general population. Facebook has the lowest of sort of the ba- main tech companies. Although I do, I, that- I, I would <laughs> like to say, I thought it was interesting on that, that you know, all of their trust has gone down. Facebook went down significantly more, and that makes sense given what's going on in the news. But Amazon has gone down too, and there's not something specific about like Russia and Amazon. You know, it just seems like people in general are feeling less less trusting toward tech companies as they have. And I think that all tech companies need to look at Facebook and need to look at how they lost billions of dollars in a single day because of, you know, a potential data breach, if you want to call it a breach, um, and they need to be very careful with what they're doing, or they could all lose trust too. Yeah, no, and I mean that was part of the, part of what I was going to say was that Amazon has a very high trust among the general population. But when I I, I work as a software developer, and when I presented um, the Alexa skill we developed, uh, Select a Story, um, to people to show them, a, you know, this is how Alexa works. This is a skill I develop. You know, this is something that potentially the company could do at some point is develop a voice app for Amazon. Every single person had the question of, well, how does it listen to you? When is it actually listening to you? They were all very concerned about what is Alexa's actual like situation was in terms of listening in on your conversations because people think Amazon's kind of spying on you with it. And, and this is a country, is- this is a country, this is a company with huge trust right now among the general populace. Yeah. We were going to talk about Facebook. They don't have that, but obviously the device has to listen to you 
all the time in one sense in order to know when it to turn on to respond to you. No, and I'm, the, I'm a person who has been defending all of these types of devices for a long time saying like it's not really listening to you all the time in the sense of it's only listening for its wake word. It only listens to what you say other than its wake word once it's, you know, detected that and whatnot. Yes, it makes mistakes sometimes. Blah, blah. I, I'm, I'm the one that's like defending, you know, these devices all the time. But at the same token, there have been so many instances with so many different companies where they assert that things are going one way, and then you come to find out that, no, it's very different than what you believed. And given the huge capitalization and size of these behemoth you know, tech companies, I don't know that you can fully trust them. Now, does that is that going to prevent me from having multiple of these devices throughout my house? No, because what are they going to do to me? I mean, like, I have nothing to hide. But... That, that's not how it should work. I mean, that's why there should be regulation. But that's a whole other issue, and, like, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> right. But, go, yeah, to take it back to Facebook, uh, there's, I mean, there's also the issue of, to a certain extent, Facebook is a data mining operation. That's where they make their money is yeah. mining data. And not entirely sure what a, a device adds to that, like, portfolio of businesses. No, it's Sort just of like they, the phone, no. other than to create the idea that, you know, they're just trying to get more information out of they you. They just want more of your time. Like, they're like, okay, you've, you're you spending 2.5 hours on Facebook per day. I mean, not, not me, whoever, whatever the amount of time is per day. And it's like, imagine if you could be on Facebook while you're also cooking dinner. Like, imagine if you could be on Facebook when your hands are busy. Then you could be on Facebook even more. And the more on Facebook, the more ads they can deliver, the more money they can make. I mean, that's, that's all they're thinking about. Yeah. So. So that is our thoughts on the Facebook display. Leading it from that discussion is to, uh, we're calling it to voice or not to voice. Um, obviously, we're voice enthusiasts, but um, as Katie alluded to earlier, there are some things that just don't seem like they were made for a voice interface. And there are ideas that come out that we often hear about and we're like, how does that work with a voice situation? Or how does, would that actually be a good idea? And, um, Anyway, I'm going to let Katie take it from here because she's given a lot more thought to this. <laughs> well, actually, what made me really start thinking about this was I was listening to the voicebot.ai podcast, which I feel like I've been mentioning them a lot, but that's because they're great and you should um, read them and listen to the podcast if you care about voice things. Um, but in a fairly recent episode, they were talking to Ahmed Bouvid and... He was talk. He's been in the voice space since the '90s, actually. I mean, like he's like a super OG of voice tech, and um, he was talking about um, with his company, with Lingo. Sometimes brands will come to him and say, "Oh, you know, we've heard about this voice stuff. We want to get on the bandwagon. Uh, create a voice app for us." And let's say it was. Um, I can't remember the exact example he used, but let, let's say it would be like an insurance company and they're like, and he's like, okay, well, what kind of voice app would you want? And they're like, oh, we want you to be able to like, you know, give all of your information to sign up for insurance, um, you know, with, with voice. And he was like, well, but how is that going to work? Because what if somebody starts putting in their information and the doorbell rings, you have to go to the door and now it's interrupted. You come back. How do they know where they were? Does it have to like tell them all the information they have already input? Like it's just going to be very complicated. If you want to, if you need to put in a series of numbers, voice applications are not very good for that. You know, he, he said basically his rule of thumb is if something can be done better via a traditional web portal or, you know, phone app or anything other than voice do it that way and 
Um, only do it with voice if voice is actually the best way of doing it. And I think that that's a really smart way of thinking about things because I think voice is tremendous for some things, you know, where it used to be if you wanted to even just like divide two numbers, you know, just earlier today I was needed to do some division and um, it was like 90,000 divided by 26 or something. And before I'd have to pull out my phone, pull up the app, type it in, blah, blah, blah. Now I can just say, Alexa, what's 90,000 divided by 26? And she gives me the answer immediately. And then the the Alexa in the other room that's not hooked up to the internet says, I'm sorry, I'm not hooked up to the internet, which is really annoying, Max. You should get on that. But um, <laughs> but the point is, is that it works really well, whereas there are some things that it just wouldn't work well for. And so one thing that I am skeptical about, and I have to apologize right now because um, – I've talked to some people who are in this space, is the law and voice. And I just don't see how voice at the level of sophistication we are right now with AI and voice technology, I don't understand how the getting legal information via voice will be beneficial. And like I said, I've been talking to um, on Twitter um, to some gentlemen that have created what's called the Rights Now app. Um, they're at Rights Now app on Twitter. And um, they seem like they really know what they're doing. And um, one of the founders is, um, he went to Cornell Law School. And the two of them, they actually entered the um, the New York City Global Legal Hackathon and they won it and with their idea for having a voice app for law. And and that's really great. And I hope that they can do it. And they I, I'd really love for them to prove me wrong. And um, after this, they can uh, give feedback because I really don't know what they're doing exactly. But Max and I actually met in law school. So we're both lawyers, although Max is no longer practicing now. He's a uh, web developer, but I, I am a practicing attorney. And I just don't understand how voice could work. But Max, why don't you, you see what... Yeah, so the issue when it comes to looking up, dealing with the law and sort of search is that the law is not all in one book somewhere where you just opened up and you're like, here's the law on X. Um, that's how a lot of people think it works, and that's how some people think it should work, but that is not how it works. The law is spread out among lots of different places and is often very hard to discern. There's often situations in which there is no specific law on anything. You have to analogize the law that's happened in some other situation to your situation because your situation has never actually come come before any court to make a decision. Um, so you have that. Then you have the added aspect of the law is incredibly fact specific, obviously. So, I mean, we get approached, we've been approached numerous times where people are like, oh, you're a lawyer. Let me tell you my problem. And, of course, giving them the advice that you always have to give when which, you're a lawyer. Which, by the way, I just have to put this in there, which is always fun when, like, there's, like, that Facebook friend that you haven't talked to since high school and you don't know that well and you haven't really talked to them forever. But they, like, suddenly you get this, like, doo -doo -doo message from them on Facebook and they're telling you the most intimate details of their marital problems because they're like, I know you're a lawyer, so let me see if you can give me some advice. Which just, it's, I don't actually mind because it's kind of like me being a voyeur is, like, interesting but um just kind of funny but go on max yeah so anytime you talk to them after they send you this very personal email is you have to say i am not representing you i am not your lawyer i you know I, you need to seek actual legal counsel for anything you do um as a lay person you know 
I, t- I would tell you to see a lawyer. But if I'm going to try to even direct you in the right way, I have to ask like a 20 questions type of thing just to get to a basic understanding of what's happened because there are so many different things. When someone's coming with you like a divorce or something, it's like, well, where do you live? Uh, how long have you been married? What kind of assets do you have? What's the situation? Like, so basically, for so- instance, like, okay, let's say that you even just wanted to, to have a voice app that is directed just at family law, which is, you know, if you're if you're an attorney and just random people ask you legal advice, which is just, you know, the love of every attorney's life, family law, family law is usually what you get asked. And because everyone ha- ends up having problems Divorce with their issues. spouse or whatever at some point, or custody issues or whatever. And um, so number one, every state has different laws. So the voice app would have to know all the laws of all the states. But let's even assume that the app was just in a particular state. And Max and I live in Pennsylvania, so, you know, I'll stick with that because I know that, although I don't know family law that well because I'm actually doing criminal law, but regardless. So let's say with um, family law, it's like a person says, okay, you know, my situation is that my husband and I have been married for 10 years. We have two children. And, um, you know, what are, what are the likelihood that I'm going to be able to get the kids? Well, there's like... I think there's 14 again I don't I don't do family law but there's like 14 factors that go into deciding who gets custody of the children and it's not like any one factor outweighs the rest the way a judge you know does it so to speak is he he or she looks at I say he because I work for a judge right now and it's a male but actually a lot of family law judges are women but in any event you know he or she would look at all of the 14 factors and kind of weigh them and be like, okay, well, this one has had more of a relationship with the kids in the past, but this one has, you know, more uh, a stable home situation. This one, whatever the 14 factors are, there is no actual answer really. I mean, because first of all, there's no one answer. Two different judges could come to a different conclusion, let alone, you know, so it's like, I mean, what is the voice app going to do? I mean, is it just going to read out to you the 14 factors? I don't know how helpful that is. Yeah, and I don't know either, like, again, um, what the situation, like, even thinking of simple things where um, there's sort of, like, form-based um, aspects of the lost, things like wills where you can, in, you know, there are online applications where you can go and download a will form and it has little blanks for you to fill in. But is that actually better? Like, is a voice situation better than that where you don't necessarily have the will, the the document in front of you because most people don't have a visual voice system. They have the regular Echo or the regular Google Assistant. And so they're not seeing the document. They're just being told to sort of fill in something. And if you didn't fill it, if you didn't tell them that, you'd have to tell them the contents of the document. So then you have Alexa or Google Home or Siri or whoever reading to you that long document which That's no boring. one wants any anything no one no likes one that it. read that right i mean it's so much so, better i mean if, if if you just want to form will that has 14 blanks absolutely like what you said max you want to just you know fill it in on a computer screen and like you said you don't want to sit there and have alexa read you the whole thing i mean honestly when people do whatever it's like legal zoom or that kind of thing do they really sit down and read every single word of those documents now, me as an attorney, I've actually used form documents to create, you know, uh, legal documents. Legal documents, and yeah, I do because I'm an attorney. But lay people, not only do they not necessarily want to, I don't know how beneficial it is for them because they don't know what all of those words mean in a legal sense, you know. Right. Because sometimes words mean one thing to a 
you know, human being, and they mean another thing to a lawyer. And so it's not necessarily helpful. So, no, I just, I just, it's hard for me to comprehend how a voice assistant with the level of AI that we currently have, which I think the smartest AI right now is at a six-year-old level, I don't understand how it could possibly give you, it certainly can't give you legal advice. I mean, that would be illegal anyway. Right. Because it would violate you know, all kinds of like. But in theory, it could do some of kind rules. of like legal search for you, is what it's doing, I'm guessing. I mean, part of it is but that. But even that, it, it, okay, so not to get into the weeds here, but there, there's a thing called Westlaw that's kind of like the Google of lawyers. Um, there's Lexus, is another version of that. And it's terrible. I mean, there's a reason that Google is so good because it's 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 Google. Whereas like the legal version of it where it's just searching cases is so so bad. It's like it's like Alta Vista level of, you know, goodness of search results. So, I mean, if that's what it's going to give you, that's not helpful. Yeah. So, I mean, we're curious what they're doing and what it is there that they're seeing the role of um voice in the legal space is because when we saw this, we we're like, how does that work? Um, because I mean, if it could work well, it would be, that would be really a, great. It would be. It would, it would be, be so good. It would because um, in a lot of ways, the legal profession is a lot is behind a lot of other industries, just because it, a lot of the tech that's necessary for it requires so much artificial intelligence. Because the law is run by old white dudes, well, and that's they don't a different even, problem. <laughs> I mean, when I first started practicing, which was in t- two thousand and seven the senior partner had his secretary print out all emails sent to him so that he could read them. And then he would write out what he wanted to respond. And then she would type it in for him. I mean, this is in 2007. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the legal community is behind. <laughs> yeah. But one of the, besides the people that are in charge of it, there is the issue of it's very hard to have an intelligent or software system that, that basically fills in for the human being in terms of, sifting through the legal research and actually coming to a conclusion and drawing applications from yeah. that. So I, I look forward to what rights, oh, what was rights app? No, it's something rights now app rights Sorry. now app. I, I look forward to seeing what they're doing and um, I, I should, I will talk to them more and see if they have better ideas than what I have. Uh, moving on to the rant, not a wheel time. So the items on the wheel this week are the home pod, Amazon arbitrarily taking down skills, Nor'easters, defaulted explicit music, Netflix, and Star Trek, quote, jokes. Oh, I want to brand about so many of these things, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what the wheel provides. Max, I'll spin for you. And it's landed on Star Trek jokes. Um, I'm ranting about this because it was not a joke. Um, <laughs> we heard from someone on Twitter um, about this skill or they they tried to ask google home uh, telling me a star trek joke and google home did not understand see you should have like i i I forwarded this max you should have written down who the twitter person was so we could give them a shout out i feel bad now that we have it. i do i have it written down well it's at chris geeson geeson oh okay well you should say that i will okay go on (laughs) anyway um so they asked about the star trek joke on google home and it said i can't help you with that and then they asked Alexa, tell me a Star Trek joke. And then it, Alexa responded with a joke, which is quite impressive. But the joke was something about tribbles. And the answer was because they're furry. And <laughs> that's not a joke. That's a statement that describes what tribbles are, which no. I find. No, 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 
the issue with you're no is he asked for a star wars joke and he and they and he was he got back a star trek joke that was the thing that was so offensive oh i didn't see that part yes no he asked for a star wars joke and then the answer he got back was about tribbles it wasn't the offensiveness wasn't that the joke was bad it was that they got the wrong like you know whole thing which as a star trek fan i almost said trekkie I mean, yes, I have paid money to have my picture taken with Q from Next Generation, but I don't know. Does that make me a Trekkie? Yes. Okay. So I'm a Trekkie. Like, that offends me as a human being that you would confuse Star Wars and Star Trek. I mean, regardless of whether or not a Trekkie is a human being. um, (laughs) Shush. No. I I find Star Trek perfectly fine. In my defense, I I was at Comic-Con. That that was well worth (laughs) it. I that deserved more of a larger place and deserved several spots on the rant wheel. I didn't realize that it was Star Trek and Star Wars was the no, issue. He asked I for thought a it was Star just a terrible joke. No, he asked for a Star Wars joke and then they said something about triples. And my thing is, first that is of all, terrible. first of all, if you're going to ask for a Star Trek joke, I want a next gen thing. But second of all, he didn't ask for that. He asked for Star Wars and, and they he got, got something Star about Trek. Tri- Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess no. Alexa needs to go back to... Unacceptable. Shut down? If you're going to give a joke, it needs to be about the correct franchise. Otherwise, Google Home is better off just not even knowing the answer. That is an impressively failure on on Alexa's part. I mean, yes, Amazon that's really, why I sent it to you. Amazon I wouldn't really send it to you just... because they had a bad joke. It was the wrong joke. That's why it was offensive. I thought you were just pointing out that the two different functionalities between Google Home and Alexa. No, no, no. no. I was I was pointing out that Alexa... That's a vastly more important thing that, again, like I said, deserves to have Amazon be shut down. <laughs> Just disbanded. <laughs> Just disbanded. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, well, you're going to... Anyway, so I will spin the wheel again for Katie. It has landed on Amazon arbitrarily taking down skills. Okay, so... It's lucky that that happened to land on that for me Um, because last week we happened to spotlight uh, Kids Court, which had won the um, Alexa Kids Skill Challenge. And um, I was perusing TechCrunch, as I want to do, and I noticed this headline from March 23rd, Kids Court. The grand prize winner from Amazon's developer contest disappears from the Alexa Skills Store. And basically, the article talks about how, well, what the headline suggests, that Kids Court disappeared from the Skills Store. I guess they reached out to the developer and they asked what was going on. The developer said that um, in the article, she said that um, she... She didn't know what she was going on. She didn't know, but that... No, no, no. She said that they it was a glitch and that they were going to have it up soon. And then they well, asked, yeah, but they they took it down without contacting her first. Right, we're right. They, they took yes. it down without any attempt to contact her about what was the problem. Did not notify her what was the problem and just removed it from the store. Right, but and then but then in the article she said that they had talked to her by the time TechCrunch had yes. reached out to her, and that um, there was some sort of error and it was going to be up soon. But then they got a like an update, and Amazon gave a. Um, statement and then amazon statement was that there was a problem with the skill that they talked to the developer they fixed it with her and that it was going to be back up now or it is back up now or whatever the case may be the point is this i don't have any particular inside information or or whatever was going on with the um kids skill with, with, with kids, kids court. court 
But I have, first of all, I th- this has happened to multiple skill developers um, where skills are just taken down. All of a sudden, the, the, the developer is not notified. They're not told why the skill is taken down. Um, or if they're told, it's like, you know, days later. And, and and then when they get back up, they have issues. And and this happened to Max and I with um, Select a Story. You know, we read the rules for Amazon very closely. And we followed them very closely. And, you know, a week before, no, a few days before, the Kids Skill Challenge was to announce their finalists. Was to announce the finalists after we had been up in the skill store for a month. We had very good user numbers, um, higher than basically anyone else that we talked to. Um, all of a sudden, we were you know yanked from the store. We weren't told why. We had to try to reach out to numerous people on Twitter. We were never really notified why. We were never like definitively told right. why. The skill was yanked. We eventually got it back up. But ever since then, our numbers... We got it back up not in the kids section. No, we got it... Yeah, we had to get it back up in the game section. And our our numbers have never been the same. And Amazon never really explained to us what the issue was. And um, it, it just makes you feel like, well, why would you develop for a company that will just randomly yank skills? They don't communicate with developers. You never know what's going on. And Max and I were already decide, like, you know, debating about what we wanted to do with Select a Story because, you know, I'm currently a clerk for a judge, which is like, you know, I do all of his legal research. Basically, I'm an attorney and I'm about my plan was to go to the prosecutor's office. And I feel very you know, strongly about wanting to prosecute sex crimes. That's what I really want to do. And but I also really enjoy making stories for, you know, interactive games for Alexa, I mean, I think that's a really fun thing. So these are like to- two totally disparate things, you know. Oh, I'm going to prosecute sex crimes over here. I'm going to make fun games for children over there. And, um, but, you know, the games thing was like really going forward and everything. And, you know, Max is really, really into this. Uh, you know, he likes coding and he likes uh, writing as well. But if you can't trust what Amazon's going to do, why are you going to invest so much time and money into such a thing? And to me, this whole thing with, you know, um, kids court and, and, and other, like I said, other skills as well, where Amazon will just randomly pull them for no apparent reason. And yes, they did ultimately, you know, according to this TechCrunch article, get it up within a back up within a few days. But why wouldn't, this is your winner. You just paid them $25,000 because their skill is so good and you couldn't talk to them first before right. pulling that's, their that's, skill? That's the problem everyone has when they're dealing with this is that the skills come down before any communication is received from Amazon about what may or may not be a problem. It seems like the certification team that supposedly is constantly monitoring these things is just randomly making decisions without trying to actually resolve any problems first and then they they take things down and then don't exactly tell you why they took things down you have to like fight to get information from them and to get it back up and that's the problem is that it's one thing to have issues with an app and i know they they have the issue that we talked about last time which is that amazon is sort of branded everything is coming from amazon there is no view that is an independent provider and because of that they want to make sure everything looks and sounds good but the problem with that is that 
when they just randomly take things down without telling you what you're doing, it disincentivizes you from ever building anything for them because you never know when it's going to disappear. And like a lot of things, and people will have really, really like, easy fixes for things. It's like, oh, this one sentence takes you to it, like causes it to error out. So we took it down. It's like, well, why wouldn't you just tell me? I can fix that easily without no. you having to take it down. And that's what I say with, with Kids Court, it had had how many, I mean, I don't know. I, again, I don't have any like inside information, but just given the fact that it was the winner and had been yeah. promoted for like over a month because of this contest, it would have had thousands and thousands and thousands of users at this point. They're promoting it. They're doing all of this stuff for it. And whatever could have come up in this interim, you're telling me that you couldn't, notify them first talk to them and fix it before you just yank it from the skill store if that's the way that you're going to treat not arguably i was to say arguably but like but definitionally the best kids developer that exists currently because they just won your 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 contest then how are you going to treat anybody else and if that's what you're going to do then why should anybody put effort into creating content for your platform yeah and i mean to a certain extent just having, I was just looking at Amazon recently, the kids section specifically, because I would argue, I would suggest that part of the goal of this kids contest was to get a lot of content in their kids section that they just opened up in, was it like December right. uh, or November? Mm-hmm. It was, it was, yeah, the very end of, yeah, it was early November. That they made available. Mm-hmm. Like, because when we first launched Select a Story, there were a hundred skills in the kids section. And by the beginning of the contest, there were like 450 skills in the section. There are now 439 skills in the section. So it not only did not increase the, like it increased the numbers to 400 and something, but they've actually lost 30 skills um, from that time period. And they haven't been adding new ones. Whereas the regular skills store just adds like, you know, 30 or 40 a day at Which, least. And then you could say, so and we like, shouldn't spend much more time talking yeah. about this, but, the, but uh, I'll just add, and then you could say, well, maybe developers could go to Google or elsewhere. The problem is, is that, Amazon is terrible to work with, but at least they'll theoretically pay you some money. Whereas Google is actually arguably better to work with, but you have no hope of making any money. So, And Google's usership is just not anywhere near Amazon's at this point. No. So So. it's just one of those things. I mean, it's kind of like if you're- That's why it's a rant. Yeah. If you're the the only game in town, you can be a crappy game and like people will still play is what it boils down to. But but only people who want to play a crappy game. Other people will go off and prosecute- um, Right. Uh, sexual offenders, which is what my plan is. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so that's all for the rants. Um, now it is our time for our question of the bye week. And the question is simple. Is now the right time for Facebook to launch a smart display? Basically, we already talked about what we thought, but you can let us know whether you think that Facebook should la- launch a smart display now or not. Yeah. And uh, it's time for our favorite segment of this and every bye week. The what is making us happy this bye week? You go first because I haven't thought about it again. So what is making me happy is that um, at work, my boss, who I like, is leaving. Um, but it's making you happy? <laughs> that's, not, that's not the part that's making me happy. The part that's making me happy is that they're not replacing him with anyone. I'm not getting a promotion exactly, but I'm given a trial period in which to see if I can do the job that he was doing. So it's a test promotion, so to speak. Um <laughs> Uh, but so that's what I'm happy about. No, and that's great, especially since Max has actually only been a um, web developer for a little over two years. Yep, a little over two years. He he was an attorney, as I mentioned, like a pretty successful one, but he just really didn't like being an attorney, and he became a web developer, and he has been moving up with that. 
within that very quickly and I'm very proud of him and I'm just happy that he has a job that he likes now um and actually right after he stopped being an attorney I went back to being an attorney I had not been an attorney for a number of years so the joke is that there has to be an attorney one attorney within our household at all times but I guess what I would say with what I'm thankful about this week or what is it this this be? what's making happy me happy this week, this, week? This, this makes me happy a lot of weeks but so I've recently started applying for the prosecutor's office and the attorney general's office because that was my plan my plan when I went back to the law was that I was going to clerk for a judge for a year or two and then I really wanted to be a prosecutor or work for the attorney general same type of idea and um, I so I started working for a judge in the court of common pleas um, in uh, Pennsylvania and he is a wonderful, wonderful man. And everyone I work with is, is really fantastic. And every day I go into work, I really get the sense that I, that they're, that they're happy that I'm there and that they feel that I bring something to it and that I, I have knowledge that, you know, helps, uh, make sure that justice is, is delivered. And there's not much more that you can ask for in life, honestly, than to feel like you're actually doing good. You know, sometimes there have been times that I have, you know, done something that I'm pretty sure averted a mistrial and uh, or made sure that someone's rights were respected or made sure that someone who should, you know, have something maybe bad happen to them, have bad something bad happen to them. So um, and, and I work for people work with people that I love and work for someone that I think is fantastic. And uh, anyway, I shouldn't go much more about that, but I, I, I just would hope that everyone can feel as good about their job that, as I do. Yeah, that's a good thing to be happy about. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to the uh, end of the show. Um, this is Talk to Me on Voice First FM. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it really helps listeners find us, and it lets us know you want to keep listening or keep us going. Anyway, that is all. Say yeah. goodbye, Katie. Uh, goodbye, Katie. <laughs> good job. <laughs> right. talk. We will talk to you later. Talk to you later.